Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining me for today's devotion. We are in Revelation 10. While you're opening your Bible to that chapter, just want to uh, remind you of our Christmas schedule this year. Christmas Eve, we will have our two traditional Christmas Eve worship services, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock. And then on Christmas morning, which is on Sunday this year, we will have one worship service at 11 a.m., no life groups. So Christmas Eve, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock, 60 minutes or less. Christmas Day at 11 a.m., 60 minutes or less, no child care for any of those services. So please be here, invite people to come with you. They are so special as we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus he really is the reason we celebrate Christmas. So let's gather and worship our King and our Savior. Well, Revelation chapter 10, and what we have here is a continuation of, of a description of life on earth. Remember, we had the six seals and now the, or the seven seals rather, and now the seven trumpets. And uh, the seals describe life on earth leading up to the second coming. And then, then uh, the sixth seal uh, is the second coming. And now the, the trumpets are repeating that same pattern, life on earth leading up to the second coming. And we're learning more details about some of the things that were said during the seals. Now with the trumpets, we just get additional information. So for instance, in chapter 10, we learn much more about our mission our purpose as disciples while we live in this world where there's persecution, where there's natural disaster, calamities, where there's suffering and death, where there's the judgment of God, all of that, uh, as well as you know, good times as well. So we learn more about our mission while we live in this world in this uh, chapter. And, and there's just several things that, that I want to point out to us, uh, lessons, things that are true. One is that yes, God does reveal a lot to us about heaven, but he doesn't tell us everything. There are some things that we are not allowed yet to know about heaven. So in the first four verses, I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud. And the rainbow was up on his head and his face was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. Now, let me just say, Please do not get hung up on every description, on every little detail. What does that mean? What does that mean? The truth is many of them don't mean anything. This is apocalyptic literature. And those descriptors are there to enhance the image, okay? That's, so they don't always mean something. So if you get lost in the weeds trying to find what does every little jot and tittle mean, they don't mean anything, most of them. And, and so you're going to miss the message. And so here's this angel, and he had in his hand a little book, which was open. So what you have here is these, these, these graphic descriptions intended to make a point, to teach a lesson. He placed his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he cried out with a loud voice, as when a lion roars. And when he had cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. And you'll remember even in Revelation 1, Jesus spoke and it was loud. And so, the, so it's this depiction that when God speaks, when angels speak, it can be like the sound of thunder and, 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 or, or mighty waters. 
It's just a graphic way of saying when God speaks, when Jesus speaks, when the angel speaks, there's power. There's something unique and dynamic at work. And so he cries out, there's seven peals of thunder. Verse four, and when the seven peals of thunder had spoken, when the angel, in other words, when the angel had stopped speaking, I was about to write. I was going to write down what he was saying. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. John heard the angel describe some things about heaven that God did not permit John to include in this book. So while we are told much about heaven, there is much that we are not told. And God says it's not for us to know yet in the here and now. Similar to the Apostle Paul's experience in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he was caught up to the third heaven. And he says in verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I, I was caught up into paradise and heard, notice this, heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. So Paul said, when I was caught up into heaven, I heard things that God does not allow me to speak and share with you. Same thing with John here in Revelation chapter 10. In other words, you and I are never going to know everything in this life, understand everything in this life. God does not allow us to know and understand everything. He in his grace, allows us to know and understand so much about heaven, but not everything. So that's the first lesson. Now, the second lesson is we have a mission. We have a mission. It is to preach the word of God. It is to share the gospel. <clears throat> it is to share God's word. It's to do the work of evangelism, <clears throat> excuse me, and to live on mission for Jesus in this life all the way up to the second coming of Jesus. Look at verses 8 and following. 8 and following of Revelation 10. Then the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking with me and saying, Go, take the book which is open in the hand of the angel which stands on the sea and on the land. And so I went to the angel telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it and it will make your stomach bitter. But in your mouth, it will be sweet as honey. And so I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. In my, in my mouth, it was sweet as honey. And when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. So what is all of that meaning? Real simple. We have a worldwide mission. In verse 11, our mission is to share the gospel, the word of God, the truth of Jesus with, with people from every nation, every language, leaders, kings, ordinary people all over the world, world missions. We are to be about evangelism here and everywhere. <clears throat> and the reality is God's, that, that little book, God's message, the gospel, the word of God, the truth of God, the salvation, the wrath of God, all of it. God's word is sweet in our mouth, bitter in our stomach. What does that mean? That God's word is both. 
We love God's word. It's sweet like honey. We love God's word. Sweet like honey is an image used elsewhere in the Bible for God's word. But when we preach it and people reject Jesus, and they die lost, it's bitter. It's bitter in our stomach. Anybody who preaches on hell with passion and enthusiasm and a smile, pardon my vernacular, but he ain't right. He ain't right. He ain't right. We have a myth. So, so here on this earth, between the two comings of Jesus, as we await the second coming, as we await heaven and life on earth can be challenging and there's, and, and, and there's world problems, we are to stay focused on the mission of sharing the word of God and the gospel of Jesus with everybody, everywhere, all the time. And this word that is such a blessing to us when we see people say no and we know because we know the word. We know they're going to experience the wrath of God. It is bitter in our stomach. The, the end, the second coming will eventually come. But until then, I'm to be speaking Jesus. So let me ask you, are you speaking Jesus to lost people? I'll see you tomorrow.